This is an RNZ podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Money with me, Mary Holm. Thanks for taking just a few minutes to listen in while Jesse Mulligan and I talk through some useful ideas about how to make your money work better for you. Just remember though, this is guidance. Final decisions are up to you. Over to Jesse. Let's go now to our personal finance expert, Mary Holm. Hello there. Hello, Jesse. Um, Mary would never accept a spatula in return for an endorsement either. <laughs> no, look, look, I was a journalist in America when I first got into journalism, and they were very strict about yeah. not accepting gifts. And I liked that. And when I came to New Zealand as business editor of the Auckland Sun, I told the reporters they weren't allowed to accept gifts, and they all said, oh, boo hiss. And I said, no, come on. <laughs> and after a while, they said to me they felt quite proud when... They were at events and other people were accepting gifts and they said, no, we're not allowed to. Mm. And it was interesting. Yeah. yeah. And I imagine, well, it's quite good to clear this up about you from time to time, actually, because there actually aren't too many people who um, offer wisdom and expertise on money who aren't attached in some way to something or other. So. Yeah, that that's probably true. I mean, basically, I'm a journalist and so... You know, I get my reward by being paid by the Herald and by RNZ, and, and mm. yeah, don't I don't want stuff from other people. That just certainly complicates things. Okay. Yes. Uh, might there be a small entry fee uh, at your talks coming up later in May? Uh, yeah, but they, I don't get it. But <laughs> <laughs> do you want to tell us where they are, oh, what oh, they yeah, are, and a, where they are? A couple of talks because I've got a fairly new book out called "A Richer You: mm. How to Make the Most of Your Money." And the publisher has organised a few little events around the country. So I've got one on in Palmerston North on the evening of Thursday, May the 20th, and then another in Masterton at lunchtime on Friday, May the 21st. The Palmerston North one's in the Palmerston North Library. The Masterton one is in Headley's Bookshop. And the y- then there's one on Saturday morning, May the 22nd, in Waipokoro. Uh, which is part of the Between the Lines 2021 Festival, which is a, a book festival, a writer's festival. You'll love that. Um, yeah, the Central yeah. Ha- Central Hawke's Bay Book Festival. Yes. They yes. do it in old, old homes. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And, and I'm even staying the night in this wonderful oh, old, old home down there. Um, the details of all of those are on my website, so okay. you can find... I think that the um, Waipokoro one is is booked out, actually. Yeah. I was just talking to them this morning, although maybe they can squeeze a few more in. But they're getting a whole lot of really good writers there. So yeah. have a look on... If you have a look, look on my website, maryholm.com, on the homepage at the bottom of it, um, then you can link through and find out what else is going on in, in that festival. The other two are just sort of single evenings in, in Palmerston North Library. You and just Hattie's take questions? Bookshop. Do you take questions about oh, different things? Talk about Yes, I do take questions, mm. and, but uh, talk about what's in the book. A few of the sort of funnier things and sadder things and more the personal stuff in, oh, in the book, really, because there's quite a few stories in there. That's what I think the, is the appeal of the book, that it's real people and their... Stories and while you're reading and nosing into their finances, you can hopefully pick up a few tips on how to run your own money. I might have said idea. this before. But your um your column is a great marker of age because when I first started reading it, I would just skim over certain of the letters. Say, oh, that's got nothing to do with yeah. me. And then as you get older, you're like, oh, that looks interesting. Yeah. And starting to get to the point where it's like, I am 15 years from retirement. Yeah. yeah. So that's quite. So yeah. then you have to start looking at. But you're not 15 years no, from retirement. No, but but it's, look, it's really a smart idea to have just kind of one eye on that that gold 
even when you're 20, you know, the people that set aside $5 a week from when they're 20 retire really rich. Yeah, yeah it's, it's extraordinary. Um, your topic today changes to consumer lending. Yeah, yes, I spent Tuesday at a, at a conference run by Financial Services Complaints Limited, which is, I'm actually on their board, and they are a disputes resolution scheme. I've talked about them before, but like this is a banking ombudsman scheme for banks and then every other financial service provider of any sort, whether they're a stockbroker, a, a financial advisor, a um, KiwiSaver provider, anyone in New Zealand now who's offering any kind of financial service has to be, be a member of a disputes resolution scheme. Mm. So if, and a lot of New Zealanders still don't know about it. So if anyone has any problems and you can't get satisfaction from the um, provider, you can go free to a dispute resolution scheme. And they work pretty fast. You know, usually mm. you're in and out within a month or something. They ask your side of the story and their side of the story. Anyway, that's that's another issue. But, the, but this one, Financial Services Complaints, had a day-long conference. And the bits that I thought were most interesting were comments by David Clark, who's the Minister of Commerce and Consumer Affairs in that mm. capacity, and Sharon Corbett from MB and some of the fiscal staff, and they were all talking at different times about the changes in the way, in, in the law about consumer lending. And I don't think most New Zealanders have caught up with what's going on here. So the, the idea is for people to get better outcomes and feel more confident in, in dealing with um, lenders. And, you know, we've all heard these ghastly stories. In fact, there was one story that came up at the conference about somebody getting a, a consumer loan of $175, and by the time they came for help, it was 920 so it was more than five oh times as big. Yeah. Um, so the... But that, that can no longer be. One of the changes in the law that's already in effect, that took effect last year is that a loan can never more than double. Now, we're talking, I should say we're talking about high-cost loans, sort of consumer loans here. Yeah. We're not talking about mortgages because, interestingly enough, mortgages quite often you end up paying more than twice what mm. you borrowed. You borrow 500000 and you end up paying back more than a million. But that's a function of the fact that the that the that the loan lasts for years and years and years. And so there's interest building up over all that long time. So even though mortgages have got relatively low interest, because they go on for many years, you can often pay back more than twice what mm. you borrowed, especially in the old days. These days, with interest rates so low, that's probably not the case anymore. But but um, though interest rates will go back up again, and yeah. But anyway, so we're not talking about mortgages here. We're talking about much shorter-term loans, and they are not allowed to more than double anymore, which is still pretty bad, but it's not nearly as bad as as some of the horrible stories we had in the past. So just useful for people to be aware of that. Mm. Um, but there are more changes coming into effect in October this year, Um and I think a lot of the lenders are already getting into practice on this, yeah. where they have to assess whether the borrower can afford the loan. So they've got, got to really take a responsible 
um, view on this. So they've got you to... You see me catch my cup of tea then, yes, by the I way. Yes, I did. That was I amazing. It was, it was, it I was... knocked it off the table, then caught it in the same hand. Yeah, look, I, look, I did see that, and I was trying to be very cool and not... Well, normally no one would it. see it. No, no, and, but, but I... I had someone here with me to I witness verify. it. Luckily, there was no tea in it, or oh. otherwise we would have had a big mess on the floor. Didn't have to it tell people that. an empty cup. It makes it sound but, less heroic, oh, it? oh, sorry. Jesse, it was, it was filled to the brim. Okay. Filled to the brim. Brilliant. It was brilliant. Yeah. Thanks, and Mary. getting yeah, back to <laughs> Well, I heard Brian Ebb was saying he had a big ego, so now we've got to boost your ego to, to, <laughs> to bring it up, yeah, up, up in line, exactly. right? Yes, yeah. Um, okay, so Changes from October. Yes. Lenders have to make sure that the borrower can actually borrow. And some people are going to hate this because they're going to find they can't borrow. Um, they go along to try and borrow money to buy a car or go on a trip or something like that and or pay the power bill or whatever and the lender says, no, I can't lend to you anymore because the lender has to make sure the borrower can really afford the loan. So they ask the borrower quite a lot of information. Mm. This is what's starting to happen and will have to happen by October and then they've got to verify that information so they've got to check your bank account and all that to see if you really are paying only $50 a month for the power or whatever it is you're telling them and they've also got to apply common sense under the law they've got to so if someone investigated it later and 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 a family was actually saying we're we're only paying $50 a month in the winter for electricity they they the lender is going to be challenged on that right. you should have you should have questioned that. Yeah. That seems too low. Um, and they've then got to keep records. The lender has got to keep records to prove if, if things go bad later on, if the if, if loan can't be repaid and that, they have got to be able to prove that they really did check to see if the person was in a position to borrow it. And what's more, if the borrower does get behind with their payments... The lender's got to then give them details of financial support services like financial mentors, like Money Talks, which we've talked about before, mm. different organisations that can help them get out of the bind they're in. So hopefully all of this will stop people getting into these hideous situations where sometimes they ended up you know, with a huge debt to one lender and so they go and borrow from somebody else to pay it back and it just gets into nightmare stuff. It's awful. Yeah. The stories you hear about, about so people. So hopefully the changes will have their intended effects. Getting yeah. some interesting te- texts through, actually. Um, yeah. As someone working in business transformation and financial services, this is an absolutely massive change to legislation in New Zealand, and most consumers don't even understand what's changing. Yes. These new rules are going to protect the borrower, but lenders have a lot of work to do to become compliant before the laws come into effect absolutely. in October. Yep. Um, interested to hear what you've got to say on this one. Uh, Mary's wrong to say that any business offering financial services must belong to the financial services complaint service. This is only when you're offering services to the public or retail investors. If you're dealing with large investors, wholesale or high net worth investors, this doesn't apply. Yep, now that is correct too. I feel that you and I, Jesse, are talking here to ordinary New Zealanders. Mm. Yeah, there are there are different rules for people who've got sort of millions You don't think um, the New Zealand super um, fund is tuning in every second Thursday to find out what they should be doing with their money oh, look, they you. probably I'm sure they are. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, no, fair point. Mary might be interested, this is just on your comment, you know, five bucks a week from the age of 20. Yes. Mary might be interested to know that in 1973 I committed to paying one dollar a week to mutual funds. 
Some, and what do you think that money's worth now? Well, the trouble is, <laughs> I don't know. What, is this capital M, capital F for mutual it funds? Is, yeah. or, so that's a company, and I don't know anything about them. They might have high fees, and therefore it might not be all okay. that good. Anyway, this but, person's got $36,000 now. Wow. Not bad for a dollar a week. That's, no, that, that, that's interesting. And I would just suggest they just make sure they're not paying too high fees mm. on that. Because that's almost um, 50 years. Yeah. So yes. two and a half thousand weeks. So Jesse's going to do the sums That's now. That's pretty good though. Good yeah. return. That's a, you know, fifteen pound return even. on your investment. Is it? Yeah. Oh really? Okay. You know, I have to have a look at the numbers. I've learnt a long time ago. That's why I like to be a print journalist, not on radio or TV. I'm not very good at thinking those numbers are made <laughs> yeah. when I'm on the spot. You know. Um, um, there, there are, there are some good feedback there, and and. A uh, couple of other points, though, I wanted to make yeah. that were interesting, I thought. Um, Sharon Corbett, who's a senior person at MB, was talking at the conference about something called a consumer data right, R-I-G-H-T, mm-hmm. which I'd never heard of before. She said she used the word mind-boggling. She said, this is mind-boggling. What They're looking into doing it. And, and what it will be is, first of all, consumers will get access to all the financial data there is about them, and so they, I think they already can, I think. But you're then going to be allowed to, or able to, have that data given to companies that you want to give it to. For example, if you've got a mortgage from one provider, then you can say, I want the data to go to another provider because mm. their interest rates are lower. Or if you wanted to work on a budgeting platform online or a comparison website or whatever, you then have control about what data goes to them mm. um, in a way that could make life better for you. The idea is to promote competition. Yeah, because there have been times where I've changed from one bank to another with my mortgage and you've got to go through a massive, massive application with the new bank. So it would be quite good if some of that stuff could just transfer over. I don't know if that's the purpose of it. Well, it's part of it, I think. Mm. Yeah, I once changed banks, and yes, especially when you've got a whole lot of automatic payments set up. You mm. know, I've had most of my bills automatically paid, mm-hmm. and, and it wasn't easy. And that's the kind of thing that I think they're envisaging will, will get better. Some listeners are going to think, oh, no, I don't want to lose, you know, send my data out there, and, and of course you don't have to. But the idea is that people can, um, and will have control over where it gets sent and what gets done with it and what gets sent. The idea and, is if, um, it, if it's seamless to switch from one lender to another, yes. then it's more likely that you'll do it. Yes. And so more likely that they'll increase the... I've run out of puff Well, here. it's more likely that it, it increases competition. Yeah. It makes... These days it's just too hard to change banks mm. or, or change mortgage right. lenders or whatever. Removes the barriers. Yes. Yeah, so it makes it easier. So it makes it easier for new companies to come in and all of that. So it's kind of brave new world stuff that that could be good mm. and um, be something to keep for people to keep an eye on. The other thing I just wanted to quickly say, I thought this was kind of interesting. Some people from financial services complaints at the conference were talking about how most of the people at the conference were members of of that that provide that the disputes resolution scheme. So we've got a room full of financial advisors and lenders yeah. and share brokers and, and, and people like that, KiwiSaver providers. And they gave them a session on how to handle a complaint from a customer. 
and they had their, their little quote was, a complaint is a gift. Well, of course, everybody says, no, no, it's not. Mm. No, thanks, I don't want complaints. But I thought the advice that they were giving these people could apply to all of us whenever yeah. we get any complaint yeah. from a family member or, or a boss or a fellow employee or whatever, um, that one of the things they pointed out is that it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to do something very big to resolve a complaint. Quite often an apology or a small change in how you do something or just the assurance that it won't happen again is enough for people. So, you know, if you're a provider, but also if you're running a dairy and, and somebody complains mm. about the rude service or something, an apology can go a heck of a long way. People don't necessarily want money. They quite often just want an acknowledgement of something that's gone wrong. And they're an existing um, customer um, asking you to... to to keep them, basically. Yes, that's right. And much mm. easier to keep them than to find a new customer. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And and you've got to remember, you know, that they're going to tell their friends and all of that. But it just seemed to me like it applied to everybody out there in the world as well. Um, the, the the woman from Fiscal mentioned a children's book. I didn't catch the name of it, but the theme of it was, if you have a choice between being right and being kind, be kind which is kind of interesting, isn't it? Because, because we all... I sometimes think about that when you're having an argument with a friend and they keep saying something that you don't think's right. Mm. And you just... I sometimes say to myself, why do you, Mary, why do you care? Yeah. Um, they're wrong. Do them a favour. In my opinion, but, yeah. but who cares? Um, so, yeah, we... You know, I just thought it was an interesting thing for us all to think about that we don't have to always be right or to insist that we're right. I love it. Yes, yes. Thank you, Mary. Pleasure, Jessie. Um, if you're in Palmy or Marston or Waipukaro, you can see Mary in person 